You're listening to The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project. The Hero of the Story helps you study and teach the story of redemption from all Scripture. Now join your hosts, Aaron Armstrong and Brian Dembozik. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode of The Hero of the Story. I'm Aaron, and with me is Brian. Brian, what's going on? You know, we're still recording this in Dallas, and it's still hot. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And uh, and we are also reco- still recording with our good friend, Kevin Jones, who Hello. is the Associate Dean of Academic Innovation at Boyce College the co- and the co-editor of Removing the Stain of Racism in the Southern Baptist Convention, co-edited with our friend Jarvis Williams. Got it. And... Kevin is a great friend to the Gospel Project and a, and a great friend to us as yeah. well, um, which is wonderful because he's just an awesome guy to hang out with. Hey, I love hanging out with you all too, even uh, in the heat. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, and we get to eat after this. Exactly. Right? We're going to go eat. We are. We're going to eat something in Dallas. Well, and we know we need to be more pre- more precise because I have to confess my sin of my first meal in Dallas when I got off the plane was Burger's Bagel. Okay. And I'm just, I'm a wretch. <laughs> you know, um, I'm a sinner. You didn't, um, you didn't even tough out the line for Whataburger. I, could, I had to go get my bag because I checked my bag on. I checked my bag on too and I still got to go to Whataburger. It was just such a but, it was, but it was breakfast time. so All I could was, see was uh, my bag by it itself. It was taquitos instead <laughs> of I could uh, just see my bag got standards, on, on the carousel belt just going around and around by itself. <laughs> Your bag would have been very lonely. It would have been. And somebody would have, would have swiped it, and then yeah. I would have to wear the same thing every day in the heat of Dallas. Mm. So, you know, for the That's good... That's going to be a good of, boothing smell. Yeah, for the yeah. good of the Gospel Project booth, <laughs> I ate Burger's Bagel. Oh, oh gross. Yeah, the right. way it That's was. Good. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Well, we just lost a sponsor, the Gospel Project. Uh, no, they're done. They're done at this point. No, no burger bagel. Oh, well. Oh, golly. Let's golly. get to our All topic right. before That's I right. lose other potential sponsors. There you go. You don't have sponsors. <laughs> no? Oh, no, let's talk about some more then. All right. That's oh, fantastic. Okay, so eventually we're going to stop laughing and uh, actually get to this. But uh, but if you want to sponsor our show, we, want, we can make an arrangement <laughs> for it. But uh, but I mean, the only true sponsor of our of our show is the Gospel Project. Yes, it is. It's awesome. Um, and so, if you are familiar with the Gospel Project, if you are currently using it in your in your church, we're actually coming up uh, toward the end of a three year study of the the Bible's big story, yeah. which um, takes us from Genesis to Revelation, showing how all Scripture points to Jesus. And um, one of the really incredible things about that is is that as we consider the story that God has been telling um, and the fact that it ends in a book that is a book of promise, yeah. a book of, uh, really about the both now both now or the time that it was written, um, so it has a very present tense yeah. meaning behind it, mm-hmm. but also has has the future in mind as well, that it's helpful for us to remember that we are part of that story right now. That's if right. we are yeah. believers, we are we are actively involved and <laughs> involved and to be engaged in forwarding the mission of God. Yeah. Um, forwarding the gospel in every area of, of life, wherever God has us. That's right. And so that's actually what we want to talk about today. Yeah. 
Yeah, we want to talk about um, this this tension that I think a lot of us feel. Yeah. That I think we, of course, would all be able to echo what you just said, Aaron, and say, yes, we understand that we're here for a reason. Um, as I've told people before, if, if the only reason why we were saved was for our own benefit, yeah. the most loving thing God would do would be to call us home in the instant of our conversion. Yeah. Right. Because the rest of our, of our growth, of our maturity in Christ is a painful process where we fail and struggle to grow and live out the reality of who we are. Yeah. But man, I can't wait until my I am, you know, free of all this sin once and for all and and I can be perfect before God and worship him as I ought. So if it were only about me, the most loving thing God would do would be to remove me out of this world. Yeah. Right. And the the reason or the, the proof that it's not about me is that he does not do that because right. he leaves us here so that we could carry the gospel that we have received and share it with others. Yeah. And so I think we would all be quick to say, yes, we recognize we're here to do that and that sharing the gospel, evangelism, using that, that dirty E word, yeah. is mm. a vital part of what we are to do as believers. But Absolutely. the tension is... It's so hard for us to do that, and we feel stymied in our efforts right. in doing right. that. If you think about it, we spend most of our waking hours at work. That's right. correct. And Kevin, this is what we wanted to talk with you, especially with your education background. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking of teachers right now, especially, but it's not just teachers. It's many different uh, roles right. where people feel like, wait a minute, I can't share the gospel at right. work. I'm supposed to be working, or I can't. I'm not allowed to do that. Mm -hmm. So how do we live out on mission, this vital part of who we are and what we're supposed to be doing, in light of our work, our jobs? Yeah, yeah. I, th I think, first of all, we have to... Uh I think a few things that, that I'll say to, to, to preface some of the comments that I'll, that I'll, that I'll jump into. One, th one thing we want to make sure that we, that we pray just for gospel yeah. opportunities. So whether uh, so whether I'm sitting down at a restaurant or getting in a, a Uber or, or Lyft or wherever I am, I'm praying, Lord, hey, just give me, if, if, if it be your word, right, just give me an opportunity with this person right now. And so I think I think we ought to lead into all areas uh, with, with prayer. And then secondly, I say, hey, we, we need to function under the umbrella of the authority in which the Lord has placed us under. And so what I saw so two things that I want to make sure I, I preface this uh, discussion with what we want to pray. We, all, we want to yeah. we want to pray all the time for, for gospel opportunities that the Lord would even break the hearts of maybe some some tough administrators that some of you listeners may, may be suffering under right now. Maybe so 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 pray that the Lord would, would save them, that the Lord would change them and convert them. And therefore, a whole institutional organization uh, could, could therefore could, could therefore be changed. And so we want to pray. We, we want to live under the umbrella of the authority of them. And then one thing, I was a public school teacher for years. My wife and I both, uh, you know, went to Kentucky State University, uh, historically black college university. We've had great, great times there and both left with uh, degrees to teach. In, in the public in the public sphere, and some people like, oh, my, you know, why, why would you go as a Christian to go teach in the public square? Well, I think the Lord has called us uh, to be sought in light, uh, in dark, treacherous, tough trenches of life. Yep. And so, and I understood just mathematically that teaching 170, 175 days, being with uh, being with the students, uh, five and a half, six and a half hours a day, that I had more time with them in the classroom than their pastors did. Uh, yeah. Either either uh, in Sunday school or either in church, all those moments put together, I hit that in about in about ninety days time with them. And so the the, the philosophy that my wife and I had was first, I wanted to outwork all of my peers. Because I understood that, that that I was there, not by accident. 
And it wasn't this prideful outworking, but the, the pride was found in, in, in the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ and understanding that he had placed me at a particular school at a particular time for a gospel reason. It wasn't for my good, it was for his good. Yeah. And, and for everybody's good. So I say, listen, I'm going to be in this spot and I'm going to work hard. Right. That was the first thing we did. So I think we worked really, really hard. And we worked so hard to the point where my administrators would often ask, why are you working so hard? <laughs> like, what is up with yeah. you? Like, why, why are you coming in early? Why are you staying late? Like, you know, you, you, you turn your stuff in on time. You always do what is right. So whether it's a, a quarterly evaluation I'm, I'm getting from, from my school principal or end of the year evaluation, and I always say with great joy, I'm not working for you. I'm working for the glory of God. Yeah. And it wasn't belittling them at all. But I want them to know that I am thinking, I'm thinking outside the bounds of this elementary school, and I want to please my Heavenly Father. And so I think if we lean into our work, whether you're working as a, as a checkout clerk at Target, or you're working on an assembly line at, at, a, at an automobile plant, or you're, or you're a school teacher, you have to think, I'm doing this. God has placed me right here for his good glory. Yeah. And so when you see books like Every, Every Waking Hour, you know, by, by, by with Strickland and I can't think of who is called Quinn, I believe, our business to the glory of God. And we're thinking through those works and thinking, you know, what does this have to do with my life? Everything. So wherever the Lord has placed you, it is for his glory. So pray, hey, Lord, reveal to me why I'm here for your glory. And I think he'll, he'll show you that. Now I understand we, we can deal with rough administrators. I was talking with a young lady in our small group who works for a corporation uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. And she was sharing, hey, this guy uh, is, um, I'm going to be very careful about everything I say right now. This, yeah. this guy, he, 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 he uh, they, they, they are homosexual and they claim to, and they call themselves a reverend or a pastor in this capacity and he walks around telling people that he, that he can pray for them but but she but the, the, the same lady in our group felt like she couldn't do that I said well he's opening up the opportunity yeah to talk about to talk about Bible things you just have to open up and use his and use what he's using uh, for evil and use it for good and say hey look as much as he can talk about the Bible I'm willing to talk to you about the Bible as well you just give them the truth yeah and sometimes we have all those opportunities but I, I want to challenge all of us all we working hard? Are we a nuisance to our bosses? We can't be a nuisance, right? I, I never went into a school saying, I never went into a public school holding my Bible in my hand. I just lived it. I did my job well. I taught well. I tested well. I educated well. I, I met my wife and I, we, we visited school. We, we, we visited plays and cheerleading events and all those activities. And parents were saying, why are you here? We say we're here because we love Jesus. And then my wife, who has always been forthright, you know, she would always, wherever we go, she, she's taught me this thing. How can I pray for you? Yeah. It's not against the law to ask a teacher, your next door neighbor in your yeah. school, how can I pray for you? Now, maybe you can't open up the scripture and go back, turn to Genesis 1. Today I'm, today I'm teaching, but it's not illegal to say, hey, how can I pray for you? Yeah. It's not. And my wife led in many conversations like that. And she started by asking one person in her school in uh, in Lexington, Kentucky, how can I pray for you? That led to prayer meetings on Friday mornings at her public school. Yeah. Same thing for me. And I learned that from her. Hey, how can I pray for you, Miss So and So? And it turns into this: all of us praying together on Friday mornings. And yes, I was praying with individuals in public school, with principals who were not Christians. Mm. With principals who, uh, under the authority of principals, let me say well, that. Yeah, they're not Christians. You know, Kevin, I, I think that's so helpful and important that that we start where you started. Uh, to one, uh, prayer, of course, but also with. Uh, this this importance of doing our best of yeah. excelling for the glory of God oh, because as you, I think you you nail it that man when that first of all that's honoring we, you know yes. I, I've told people before look if you're on that assembly line they're paying you 
to do that job. Right. You're not there as a missionary, and so you, you would be dishonoring Christ That's if right. you're just waving your Bible around all, and you're not doing making your widgets or whatever you're supposed to be making. Yeah, right. Uh -huh. So you need to excel, and you need to honor yes. what they're paying you to do, and do that well. Yes, and when you do that, as you're saying, you get that platform yeah. um, of trust and respect. Right. I think that's so important because sometimes I think we as Christians in America especially feel like we are under oppression yeah. and we get our backs arched and we're like, well, no, who are you to tell me I can't talk about Jesus at my job? And we, we make it this issue to be won, this battle, yeah. and we come at it with the wrong posture. We come with a combative posture. That's right. Instead of what you're advocating here, which I think is beautiful, of a posture of, I want to, I want to, you know, I'm thinking of of in scripture where it's where God tells the captives, go into the cities that they're going to take you to, and and do the best for those cities. That's right. You, you work for the welfare of the nation that's enslaving you. That's what the Lord told him. That's I think that's the same heart posture we need to have. I'm going to go and I'm going to do the best I can for my employer. That's right. For the glory of God and understanding that can open up opportunities to talk about the gospel and have it received yeah. much better than a combative That's posture. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, who, I mean, who would trust a, a worker? Who, who, who would trust? If, if we're trying to give jewels of the gospel, but we don't do our assembly line or our clerical work correctly, like why would we think anybody would trust us with with what we call? Yeah, it's good. Would be jewels. I, I want to give you this great. If you're like, you don't even do your yeah. job. You know, why would you, you want to share the gospel? I'm not coming to your church. If everybody works like you, I'm not coming to your church. Right. You know? You're running us broke. Yeah, right, right. And, I, you know, so one thing even, so I, you know, I'm teaching at Boyce College now uh, in our teacher education program. I have an opportunity, of, you know, to teach courses at Southern Seminary as well, too. And I often tell my, t I tell students as, the, as we send them out, if this is going to be a rub for you, then don't go to a public school and teach. Yeah. Go to a private school, go to a Christian school, because you're going to do more harm to Jesus' name going in, just to second your point, being combative uh, in a public sphere, then, then, you, then you will help. So I say, if yeah. this is going to be, if it violates your conscience, then don't go to the public yeah. school and teach. I, right. um, years ago, uh, I was in the process of becoming a Navy chaplain and uh, didn't, didn't follow through for, for a variety of reasons, but almost went to, I was about a week away from signing the paperwork, the commissioning paperwork. Uh, but one of the questions I was asked quite a bit about being a chaplain in the military is this same kind of concept. Like, for example, you're not allowed to pray in the name of Jesus over the ship's intercom at night. Uh, you have to keep those prayers generic and so forth. And a lot of people would push back and say, no, you're compromising, you're selling out. And my response was always, yeah, but if I follow the rule there and honor what they've called me to do, mm -hmm. that keeps the door open for when that sailor comes in one-on-one. Yeah, that's right. And says, hey, help me process this, and I can share the gospel one-on-one. -on -one. To me, that's a trade worth it. That's right, brother. And I was leading to, to any employee when I, when I was working in the, in, in, in the in public schools. I told them up front, listen, I'm a, uh, I'm, I'm a gospel-believing person. I mean, they, they, you know, in interviews, you're often asked, like, hey, what motivates you? Or who's yeah. your favorite person? Or, you know, how do you keep going? I keep going. Jesus is my favorite person. I keep going because I read my Bible every day. You know? <laughs> so they ask those generic questions. Right. And so that it's not off-putting. They're not blindsided. Exactly. You know? No bait and, and I, switch. Yeah, you're right. And so often, in, in whatever grade, you should be reading. There should be an uninterrupted, this is my pedagogical skills coming out right now. There ought to be a, a two and a half to three and a half hour block of uninterrupted time for reading and writing and language studies. If my students were doing silent reading, I'd be silently reading my own Bible. Right. 
And as they're reading whatever it is they're reading, I'm reading my own, I'm reading the Bible. Yeah, and I'm setting a good example in two ways. First, I'm reading in front of my students so they know I'm a, I am a reader. <laughs> and then I'm setting a good example about having the Holy Scripture in front of me. Now, yeah. I'm not reciting the Bible in front of them. I'm not reading the Bible out loud. Yeah. But when it's silent reading time and you can read whatever it is you want to read, I'm reading my I'm reading my Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Very good, very good. Um, you know, one of the things that's interesting, this is kind of a, a side note, but it's it's still related to how, essentially how our witness affects affects us. So is for those of us who actually have churches that meet in public schools, oh yeah, we also have a, a role to play in this too That's because true. how we how we treat the facilities, how we respect the rules that are given to us, how we respect the the staff who are responsible for helping us. Um, so mm-hmm. custodial staff, uh, school administrators, all um, all of these kinds of folks. Those those ha- those relationships have a great impact yeah. on that. So, for example, there was a, a church that I was a part of um, back home that went to um, that was part of that started meeting and that had always met in public schools, but it was moving into a really big. Um, a really big high school in, yeah. in the city I lived in. And the administrators, they weren't sure that they wanted to let, wanted us in there. And part of the reason was was that they had had another church that was in for a very short period of time. And it wasn't a good experience for them, unfortunately. Um, and the so the, the administrators were really, really leery. They were yeah. like, we, do we yeah. want to do this again? Yeah. Do we, you know, I don't know that we do. And so, but we, but our leaders, they just said, hey, let's, can, can you give us a chance, please? Yeah. Um, we promise that we will do, we will, li- we will uphold our end of this, of mm-hmm. this, um, of this agreement. And we did. And they loved having us there. Yeah. And to the degree that, the one of the school administrators actually ended up in my small group. That's amazing. Um, which was fantastic. And her, she and her husband and two of their best friends all were in, and they were coming out of the Roman Catholic Church and all ended up in my small group and it, and then became believers and in, in the true Christ. And it yeah. was amazing. Yeah. And you know, and and so it was. It was fantastic to see that yeah. to see that happen, and that was just. And that wasn't because our our staff was going and um, you know boldly proclaiming the gospel to right. the school administrators. It was simply we don't want. We want to be good neighbors. Right. We want to be good tenants. Right. We want to honor you. We just want to honor the, our side of this agreement. That's good, and yeah. that's and that was the fruit of it. Yeah, and it also think, and I also think this is as believers. Um, I mean, if you if whatever, whatever school your, your church is closest to, I would just challenge you. You know, you, you listeners to get involved in the life yeah. of of the public school, whether they're fifty kids or one hundred and fifty kids or three hundred kids. Though, though that's an individual. And at least one parent or guardian involved in that in that student's life, and those are souls. 
Yeah. You know, so when, I, when, I, when I think about uh, public school, public spaces, you know, grocery stores, I'm thinking about souls at those places. Not, not what policy says about, uh, not, or not what one political party says about a particular thing. I'm thinking those are souls in that public place and we have a responsibility to go ye therefore and make disciples. We have responsibility to love our neighbors. So when I see a, a, a maybe a seven or eight year old kid suffering for whatever reason, what I mean by suffering in this sense is uh, under the umbrella of maybe uh, uh, being poorly educated, maybe not being fed properly. I'm not angry at him yeah. for, be, for for you know for, for being involved in public school, whatever you, you think about those policies and places. I'm thinking this is a soul who needs yeah. to hear the gospel and who needs to be cared for. And so I, I just pray that all of us begin to see individuals, whatever. Wherever they are, whatever public place that they're in, as as souls, uh, functioning and living in, in living in these areas. Yeah, I think you yeah. layered that together, and, and you realize, man, you know, God has me here for a reason. This is the mission field He has given me that He has put before me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do and I'm a steward well for his glory, either my role as, as an employee or as a customer or whatever it is, or as a neighbor, um, for the glory of God, and remembering this spider web tapestry of evangelism that we may not get to the point of uttering the gospel. And we know, let's just pause right here and say, we know it's vital to do that. Yeah. Right. We are not advocating um, just simply showing um, godliness and that being sufficient. We know that salvation must come through one hearing and responding to the gospel message proclaimed. But we may not be able to do that directly, but we could be planting seeds and layering webs of the spider web yeah. Yeah. that down the road another will come along side and verbalize the gospel right. and see that person prayerfully trust in the gospel. And that's the beauty of, uh, I think we have to remember that, you know, and this is why I'm, as we have been here in Dallas and all the Southern Baptist Convention meeting here, I've been quick to tell people, my taxi driver, the the, the girl who checked me in at the, uh, at the hotel, that my hope, my prayer is that we are kind. Right. Yes. That, that you see us as a, as a people who are kind to you, who respect you, um, because we we are putting before these individuals who may not have real any other interaction with followers of Christ yeah. what it looks like yeah. um, to, to follow Christ. Right. So, yeah. Absolutely. I want to read for. I mean, I was I was pulling it up. First Corinthians chapter three, uh, verses verses five to nine. You talked about planning. You know, the, the question you know Paul asks is, what is Apollos? What is yeah. Paul? Servants to whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. Right, and so now he, he begins to work through it. I planted, Apollo watered, but God gave the growth. So some of us are just seed planters. Some of us are just, are just watering, but it's God who gives the increase. And then, then he goes on in verse 7 to say, so neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything. I think Paul is telling us to properly posture our hearts there in humility, but that we do good work. Um, but then he goes on to say, he who plants and who waters are one. So wherever we're working, whatever whatever field you're working, he goes on to say, you know, we're builders, we're in the field. Whatever field you're working in, we are one. Yeah. So whether you're working in a political office, or whether you're working at, at Papa John's or Popeyes, we, yeah. we, are, we, are, we are one. And each will receive his wages according to his labor, the Bible goes on to say. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. And I think as we see ourselves as one, as we see ourselves as, as seed planters and as waterers, and his fields and his God's good building, 
we see ourselves as the body working yeah. in multiple areas of, of uh, um, in this world in this life in order to be one body building up building up his kingdom and having that with the gospel in mind yeah good stuff wonderful well guys I think that's a great place for yeah. us to uh, wrap up our conversation for today Kevin thanks again for joining us man this thank was awesome you. thank you All right. thanks for the water as of well course. of course we are gonna we are gonna sign off now you got it we love you Dallas we, yes. Yes. we're gonna go love one of your restaurants <laughs> yes that's you right um, and uh, yes if you happen to be listening to this and we end up in one of your restaurants. <laughs> we hope we are kind. That we are, we are kind. kind. Brian is going to tip you well. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I will. All right. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the Hero of the Story, presented by the Gospel Project, a family of resources revealing how all Scripture gives testimony to Jesus. Learn more at gospelproject.com.